Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caringba. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Just stay standing for a moment. Just want to share a little bit just from the word while we're in this place. There's something really cool happening in the in the rivers of the New South Wales uh, system at the moment, everywhere from the Eucumbeen down in the south up uh, all the way through the Clarence and the Nimboida up in the north and even in our local waterways around here. Um, two years ago, uh, I remember travelling through some of the state and fishing some of the streams and uh, whatnot and the drought had taken hold um, pretty significantly and everything was clearly shut down and dying um, you know there was even things like if you heard on the news the fish kills and all of that where the water was so um, dried up of oxygen um, that the fish were literally drowning in their own water and um, the, everything was just no good the drought uh, devastated the waterways of our um, state uh, however at the moment there is this incredible um, uh, Re, re, regeneration and new life that is flowing down every river system in our state. Uh, in fact, they're saying that our river systems now and into the next few years are never going to be healthier. Um, the new life that's happening, the, the, the amount of uh, fish that are around, the amount of regrowth of native species along um, river banks. Um, in fact, even the expulsion of pests out of our um, rivers is happening at a rate at the moment like um, has never happened naturally before. Um, and this is because of the floods two weeks ago, because of the rain, uh, because there was a big push of fresh water that has landed in every catchment, in every hill and every dam, and it is flowing down um, into all of the river systems all the way through uh, the state, there is an incredible sense of regeneration and reality of regeneration and renewal happening um, in our waterways. When the life of Christ runs through the systems of your life, uh, things begin to change. There is renewal and there is regeneration. Um, things that where, where life was not before, uh, life begins to emerge where um, parts of our lives were nutrient deficient uh, when Jesus runs through the systems of our heart and of our emotions and of our thinking and of our families and of our church and of our workplaces, all of the systems that we find within ourselves and that we are a part of, when the life of Christ flows a big fresh of um, a big push of fresh water per se, um, as that runs through us and among us and in us, regeneration and renewal happens. The book of Titus, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 says, we, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. If that's not 2021, then I'm not here. But, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Saviour, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Saviour, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope 
of eternal life. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, not because we could do anything in our power to save us, not because we could live up to some kind of standard, but according to His own mercy. God would look upon us with nothing but mercy and grace in His eyes and according to His own mercy by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The regeneration, the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray this morning because we, we, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is like the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like a big push of fresh water into every system of your life that renews things, that heals things, that freshens things, that expels from within the things that shouldn't be there and brings to life the things that should. And so I'm going to ask us all to stand and I'm going to ask that God would baptize us in the Holy Spirit afresh. This isn't um, anything magical or mystical, um, but we believe that as the family of God, the church of God, as people who confess Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, and if you don't do that, then I invite you to do that right now. You only got things to gain when you do when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He fills you with His Holy Spirit. The, the, the life of God is a reality within. And I'm going to ask that, that would be our experience this morning. That God would baptize us afresh. There'd be a, a push of the freshness of God into our hearts and into this place as we come and share some story. Father, I ask right now not with any fancy words or uh, with any weirdness that your Holy Spirit would baptize us in Jesus' name. Father, there would be an immersion in your Holy Spirit, that there would be a covering of us in your Holy Spirit. Father, that like the dive under the wave at the beach, that we would have you wash over us, renew us and regenerate us every part of our hearts and our lives. Father, we ask for a fresh push of Holy Spirit into our experience in Jesus' name. God, I ask this for every person here this morning, every person online who is watching at home. Father, there would be an immersion, a baptism in Holy Spirit right now. I pray that for us as a community as well, that we would be a community immersed in your goodness in your power. A community immersed with a, compassion, a capacity to love, have compassion for those in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take a seat. So there's, there's no plan A when it comes to a, a preach this morning. You are the plan A. Um, and I'm okay with that. And if there's kind of awkward silences as well, I'm completely okay with that. That's, that's no dramas at all. Um, so I do want to open it up to you, um, church, um, if there is um, something that um, you feel God is stirring within you, prompting you, asking you to come and share, I would love you to. Um, if you're still unsure, just take a risk anyway. <laughs> um, it's all good. It really is. Um, so I'd love um, 
Yeah. Is there, is there anyone that wants... Yeah, Davey Lovell. I knew you were going to come and share. Come and give some testimony, bro. Uh, this is Dave. Dave's been hanging around for a while. He's a good man. He's just been... He heads up Christian surfers uh, for regionally from uh, northern beaches down to Cronulla. And you're going to share Foster. some of... Foster. There you go, even further. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Um, the Lord's been really speaking to me a lot about positioning myself and what that really looks like. Like, I mean, you hear a lot about sometimes about God's put me in this place or placed me for this or a time as such as this even along those lines. But God may place you, but our responsibility in that is how do I position myself in that? Our own positioning is a decision that we make ourselves. Even right from the beginning in Genesis, where we're saying the very first thing that God does with Adam, he places him with a mandate to tend and to watch. And if we just placed and we just sit and we wait for something to move us, the placement's kind of useless. <laughs> if you're not positioned to hear God's voice and where he's directing you. And an example is that that story in Genesis from the very beginning continues is that Adam and his wife Eve are eating from the fullness of life as they position themselves to be in relationship with Jesus. Once they move out of relationship... If you remember the end of that chapter 3, they're barred from eating the tree of life. And I started to think about that as you shared from the tree of life when we spoke from Ezekiel a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, if we position ourselves and walk in relationship, we are continually eating from the tree of life, the fullness of life. But that is a choice to position yourself to be there. And I just, how long have I got? (laughs) it won't be a sermon but I just wanted to use an example of something probably one of the hardest things that I've had to walk through but I've made a conscious choice over the last couple of years to just position myself to tend and to watch and to listen and just be available to what God would ask of me or put in front of me unexpectedly and um, I got a call from a family um, my daughter mentors a young lady that actually came through Jack- Jacaranda Cottage, so praise God for that. But um, her family is broken. Broken, so broken. And I think we're positioned, in the words of Jimmy Forrest, a great friend of mine, you know, there's two groups of people. There's people that are orientated towards God or people are, are not orientated towards God. And we are positioned to tend and watch for those that aren't. And anyway, I got a phone call from from this girl and just said, Mr Lovell, she calls me, (laughs) would you come to Wollongong Hospital because my brother's there and he's unconscious and he took an unintentional drug overdose. So for a moment, I just want you to imagine a young boy, those of you that are parents. You know, God has dreams for us, all of you. As parents, we have dreams for our kids. I want you to imagine a young, fresh-faced boy that I'd known his family since they were at school with my kids. With all the promise of life upon him. 
And I want you now to imagine a face of a man of only 25 years old, so tattooed in his face that you can't recognise him. A face that doesn't smile except for the joker-like tattoo that's been tattooed across his cheeks. A cross on one cheek and a pentagram on the other cheek. Just such juxtaposed confusion. And he's lying there, dying. And they asked me to come and pray for him. My hope was that he would wake up, that I could tell him how much God had on his life, but he never did. But I think that God gave me those three weeks we continued to pray for him because no matter what life does to us, God's song and his hope and his placement of us never, ever, ever changes. And I remembered in Jude in chapter 3, where even one mistake that Moses made, the accuser came and competed for his very soul at his point of death. Though this young man had made many mistakes, I believe that three weeks was an opportunity where Satan competed for his soul, but our prayers, and Dave shared with me a vision that he had, that the prayers of the people were carrying him as a river that we just spoke about, to the very arms of the Lord. And that in his death, it gave me an opportunity to, then they asked me to lead the funeral. But his family was so broken because they were out of the context of relationship with God. The mother herself could not even write a word of hope to, to share for the end of his life because all she could see was brokenness. And I led to lead her back to the beginning, as God does with us and, and where he started with Adam in relationship and goes, this is my hopes and dreams. And so I asked her what her hopes and dreams were for her son from when he was born to there. And we re began to rebuild hope, as we just sung about before. And I led her to a point where she could actually cry and know that her son was so much more than that tattooed face that lay unconscious now in a morgue. And she could farewell him. But in leading that, in leading that, why I'm saying this is that I never expected to be there. I, the only reason that they asked me to do it is because I live in the same street. No other reason. I'm just there. And they knew that they could ask me. And I led the funeral and four, six, sorry, he was a big dude, six guys carried the coffin in. And even my son-in-laws that came, they said, Dave, like, how would you talk to these people if you met them on the street? Just a broken mix of gang, ex-cons, everything that you could think of. There was chicks in the, in the auditorium trying to stab one another because there was people from gangs there that just hated one another. It was the most ridiculous setting that I've ever had to bring hope and life into. But honestly, when I just spoke through that chapter of Jude 3 and the Beatitudes, because what his mum shared with me just was straight out of Matthew's Beatitudes, that, you know, he was humble. He was merciful. He was kind. 
And that's the very DNA of God that never changes from the moment that we're born and he breathes on us to the moment that we die. It's just how we're positioned to accept that. Or how are we positioned where God is our hope and our life to bring that back to those that are lost. And anyway, when the arguing, the violence, the discord, the clamour, as I spoke, stopped. And as I finished and I said, I believe that in all truth that this young man now rests in the arms of God, no matter what his life has done to him. There was nothing but stillness. And as I walked out, there was nothing but tears on those broken faces. And for a moment, I was positioned to bring hope. And I think if we all believe that, we all are. We're placed, but it's our choice to position ourselves to hear, to tend, and to watch. That's good, Dave. Thanks heaps, mate. Um, yeah, so, so true of all of us, you know, the way that we see our, our jobs, the way that we see our place, even where we live on our street, um, is not a mistake. It is an intentionality of the, the placement of God wherever we may find ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great challenge and encouragement that our positioning, how we see ourselves in that context can be all the difference between crediting where God has placed us for his glory or the pursuit of our own thing. And when we position ourselves to eat from what God has placed before us, uh, the fruit that comes from that um, multiplies. And we're not, we're not sure what's going to happen with that family, but um, maybe just maybe there's a spark of revival in that family that's come because you chose to be uh, the voice and the hope in the place where he had placed you, Dave. So that's gold, mate. That's gold. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else want give, to give some Grandma Gail? If, if anyone knows Gail, this is a big step. If I get upset, um, I lived through the suicide of my 17-year-old granddaughter last year. But I was just going to share this. So you've just, this is more of a challenge. But I had the privilege of being asked by Avril to go and be a grandma at um, Southern Cross Kids. What a life-changing experience for the, for me. I'll just share a couple of little things. One morning, there was two little challenging firecracker boys. I didn't know they were firecrackers at the time because I was on the colouring in of the glitter mermaids. <laughs> so the first little fella came in and he said, Grandma, I want to sit and colour in. I said, oh, that, that's really fine. So he tells me that the blue and the aqua and the green are so much peaceful. Then he yells, the red and the orange are anger. And he's in my face like this. Oh, that's, that's fine. Okay, let's sit down and colour. So the second little firecracker comes in and he goes, Grandma, I want to cuddle, I want to colour too. So here are these two little firecrackers colouring in the glitter mermaids. And I thought, oh, this is really lovely, these two little boys sitting there colouring in. And after it finished, everyone's going, what did you do, Grandma? They're firecrackers. They're either at each other's necks or they're, they're fine. I don't know. They just came and coloured in. And one of those little boys, he took that home. And you should have seen it. It was the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen two little boys colour in. It just, 
touched my heart. Another occasion, there was a little girl there. She walked like this the whole time. And my heart just opened up to her. And they have a thing down there, Goliath, that's like, how high is it, Avril? It's high. And they go up and then they let it go and they swing. And she said to me, I'd really like to go to the, on that, but I'm so frightened. And she's shaking like this. And I said to her, come on, you can do it. And then she said to me, Grandma, do you think you could pray for me? So we went aside and we prayed and I said to her that Jesus was with her, nothing was going to happen, everything would be fine, just believe that she could do it. So she got up, oh, first of all, before she got on, she said, you've prayed for me now, is that worth five gold coins? Because five <laughs> gold coins is five points for your little group. And I said... Yeah, it'll be worth five. So she said, pinky promise. So we pinky promise that Jesus is going to be with her and everything else. Do you think you could cheer for me the whole way up there? So I went, yeah. So I got everybody to cheer for And she went up. She went up and she's blowing me kisses and everything and waving to me. She just got off and gave me the biggest cut. And she said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, you know what? You've done that now. So now I need you to stand tall, believe that Jesus is with you and keep a smile on your face and keep that hood off. Um, mind you, this little girl, on the first night that they arrived, they were allowed to pick a soft toy. She never let go of that soft toy the whole time. The toy went up everywhere she went. That toy was there, so I had to pray over. I forget what the... What it, tubbo, yeah. So I had to pray over Tubbo, so that was all fine. Then I got challenged to get up and speak like this. And I went, uh-uh, I don't do that. So I didn't originally say no. I went, can I have some time to think about it? So I went off and I prayed. And I went, I can't do this, Lord. Anybody I know I can talk to, these are total strangers, uh-uh. And the good Lord said to me, why are you sowing into these children's lives with all this confidence, yet you've got none for yourself? You just have to get up and talk. Just share something, any life experience, because you don't know what you are saying, how it's going to impact somebody else. So I thought, oh, may as well give it a go. I'm going to have, I don't do this. You know I don't do this. So I got up. And I, the first thing I spoke about, and I've shared here, is how everything is in God's timing. And most of you know the story of what happened with me, how I came to that when my, my husband's uncle was sick and I, they were there and I had planned it. God, you just have to send somebody to share the message, but it didn't. And then it was me who led him to Christ 24 hours before he past but it was the 18 months before I had it all mapped out and all God had to do was just turn up but he didn't turn up because I was the one to lead him. Then I shared about Jess. How it was a struggle, how I got angry with God because I could pray for other people but I couldn't save my granddaughter and I just didn't understand how 
I could just give everything to God all the time and I just couldn't save Jess. And then I remembered what my mum said. She said, if you go to the water, any water, you just sit there and you talk to God as if he's standing in front of you and the waves will come and wash over you any pain, any stress, anything that's bothering you, the good Lord will take it and he will relieve you of it. And in that moment, down at the beach, I got, be still, I am with you at all times. My ways are greater than yours and I see the bigger picture. And so I believe that whatever was troubling Jess, God could see that even though we can't. She's taken all the answers with her, but I believe with all my heart that she is resting peacefully in the arms of our dear Lord and Saviour. So I shared that. And then a little while later, a lady came up to me and she said to me, thank you so much for sharing that because her family lost a 17-year-old daughter yeah, it was her partner's daughter six years ago and they've been struggling and they don't know how to come to terms with it. And she said, listening to your story, we will go to the water and we will sit there and we will pray and we will let the good Lord take away all of this hurt and we will believe that she is resting peacefully in his arms till we all meet again. Wow. Thank you, Gail. Another story of positioning, hey? And uh, I had the benefit that none of you did just in that moment to stand uh, next to Gail. And if you've had the privilege of doing so, there is um, a shroud of strength and peace that you carry, Gail, um, that into every one of these situations that you have found yourself, whether it's glitter and colouring in pencils at camp um, or with family who have lost loved ones, uh, the peace of God on your life and what, what he has led you through um, has you in a place of strength to offer that to others um, that is going to see lives change continually um, over, the, over the course of the years and already has. Um, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Anyone else got something I'd like to share? I feel like God's got to encourage the church. Jeff. I think I was just uh, something I shared uh, last week, I think, after the service, just in the small groups we were in. Um, and I think, um, Dave, your testimony of yeah, being unexpected, like, yeah, I think it was amazing. And I think, um, I don't know the name of that young man, but what it struck me about was just in reflecting when Mary's in the garden and she's wondering who's taken away the body and all God needs to say and all he would have said to that young man, whatever his name was, Jesus knows his name, but he would have just said Mary and just the, how that just, uh, that at that moment she was recognised and he was recognised and Jess was rec recognised and that's the love that the Father has for us. So true, so true. Love that just we can't comprehend, hey? We can't, we can't wrap our heads around it. Our understanding of love is so finite 
um, in the context that we have a relationship with one another and um, at the best of times they're difficult but the love of the Father is so enormous, um, so incomprehensible that um, even offensive um, sometimes the love um, that God has when we really come to terms with it is offensive because it probably includes, in fact it does um, include and welcome people that um, yeah, in our own strength and from our own vision we, wouldn't, we would have a hard time to. Uh, the Lord's love is, is so radically large, all-encompassing, even uh, offensive in a good way. Mm. Welcome, Kim. Just um, had on my heart to share about love, so just when you talked about that. I think, um, obviously, I've had nearly four months now of sabbatical, and it's been a very rich time. There's lots I could share, but one of the most... Um, profound things I think is this drawing back to love um, when I was eight years old and first went into a church environment um, I remember being there and going oh this is what love's supposed to be like just having that first touch of the love of God compared to the love I've known in my family that was beautiful but broken <laughs> And just sensing the love between the people in that place that was different, that was true and pure and without condition. And it's been a long journey since then of um, the Christian life of, you know, growing in virtue and morality and um, learning to share my faith and mission and meeting the Holy Spirit and discovering the gifts of the Spirit and all of that. Um, but I found my spirit restless again at different times in the journey and, and at the end of last year. And in this last few months, I felt that calling back to love. And it seems silly after so many years of being a Christian. <laughs> like, what? I know that God loves me. I've preached about the love of God. And then I've understood the love of God and I've become certain of the love of God. And then in, as I've matured in my faith, I've tasted the love of God. Like we just took communion, you know, the bread and the cup. And I've had these moments where the love of God has touched me, tangibly manifested in my life and through my life. But now I feel God drawing um, me into a new place of love where it's welling up inside. And it's like that story of the woman at the well and, um, you know, Jesus says to her, I'm just going to read it so I get it right. Um, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And, you know, the spring of water, the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of love. When we talk about more of the spirit, being baptised in the spirit, it's love, the fullness of love. And I think there's a deeper experience that God is drawing me into and us. I hope you too. But the thing about love is that it never imposes itself. Pure love never imposes itself. 
but we can, it waits for us to open ourselves to it. And that is hard. I, after all these years, it feels hard to open myself more to the fullness of God's love, to a deeper intimacy, um, to let him really love me. I don't know. I just wanted to say that that's hard for me <laughs> um, because there's woundedness and there's barriers to intimacy in my story, your story. Um, but I feel that call that we would open ourselves deeper to love and let it well up because when it wells up, it wells out. And then we don't have to try so hard to do the things that Jesus would like. It just happens. It's not effort and striving, and, but it just comes out of us in natural ways. And we get to delight in that and delight in him. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Kim. It's easy for us to have faith for other people to experience the love of God. But as you said, how difficult it can be for ourselves, hey, um, to, to be loved by God. Uh, what is it that you need to do this week to remind yourself of the enormity of God's love for you? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to surrender? What, do you need, what place do you need to put yourself in physically even this week to be reminded and to be loved by God? Because if, When it wells up, it wells out. How good's that? That's gold. When it wells up, it wells out. And there's the testimony of that, of, of Dave and of Gail. But that's, that's coming from a place of um, the inner well of eternal life welling up in people's lives and it goes out to impact others. So mm, it's good. Abzi. This is a Southern Cross testimony? No? Oh, here we go. Oh, someone's sharing from online uh, from Sonia. Um, she says this. Hey, Sonia, by the way. Hey, here's your thing. Um, sharing from Facebook. Not sure if anyone will see... But I was feeling a bit flat earlier this week and asking God for something, a message or something to give me a little bit of hope for the day. I was speaking to a Christian friend of mine who has just started the journey of transitioning and I was prompted just to remind them that no matter what anyone tries to tell them, Jesus loves them so much and not to let anyone tell them otherwise. This friend then told me that they had a friend suddenly feel prompted to tell them the exact same thing just the night before. I think it can go to show that how much of the gift of giving others, a gift giving others hope can be, that God offers a gift to us that we can speak his hope into other people's lives. Mm, great. Thank you, Sonia. Um, so true. And the testimony of uh, what we've heard this morning is exactly that, um, that we have this thing within us, the hope of um, eternity, the hope of Jesus within us, the love that wells up. Um, and we have that as a gift in our hands to offer the world wherever we are and whom, with whomever we find ourselves. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, yeah. Robin. Um, it's not testimonies so much as just what impression and visions I've had for his church, the bride, and sort of what's been happening and you've been sharing is it in action of the picture I got. And um, I shared about a month ago about the river of the throne of God and so I've got 
bit more download on that as well. And it's nothing that we haven't heard, but it's just glorious. And sometimes words can't explain it. But firstly, sometimes when I'm up there, I just have such a sense when I look out at you all. It's like God saying, oh, do they know how much I love them? You're my body and here's such love for you. So I just want to say, firstly, you are, you are loved. You are loved by the Father. And I just want to read three verses and then just very briefly just line that up with some of the things I've seen. And it's from Revelation 22.1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then also... In Revelation 5, 11. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. And then the last one from Hebrews 12.1. Ah, that's Ezekiel. <laughs> Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so the picture I saw was um, that whole throne of God and the river flowing. Sorry, just got to get my picture out because that's the way I couldn't best to describe it. And um, there was that river of life that I talked about in Revelation 22.1. And then, like, there's this unseen world we don't see. And I, I just see that. And what's happening and the stories you're telling is the outworking of things that are happening. And, and so around us I saw more... I saw like this big balcony in heaven and there's the, the, the cloud of witnesses and there's the angels that are singing and worthy is the lamb. But the cloud of witnesses, they're saying things like, yeah, come on, you know, yeah, Yahoo, when um, things were happening and he saw the body moving and moving in ways. And, you know, I don't know whether they did fist pumps because they probably don't have COVID in heaven but you know the slap on the back with the hey come on church and the clapping and the cheering the people that have gone before us that are cheering us on keep going and the excitement and all around there's it's a bit oh, it's probably not the best description but you know in um, MasterChef when they're looking at their contestants and they're cheering them on and saying yeah, come on, you can do it, but it's better than that. <laughs> and so the angels and the great cloud of witnesses 
And then from the throne, I saw like more of what's happening of healing, of overflowing joy, of laughter. And I'm not, and and I saw these rivers of living water and what Kim said of bubbling up. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. And abundance. And I saw deliverance as well, where chains were broken in his presence. And is this for us? Yes, it's for us. Is this for us to get fat on? No. It's for us to go out. And it's not like that we have this... We do have a great calling, but it's just in the everyday of life, who we are, and this bubbling up of the river of the living water that's bubbling up. And I saw the relationship with what Brett shared. God's going to unstick us, unstuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> Get us out of being stuck. And it's going to give us opportunities where we wouldn't have seen before. We'll be able to boldly say something. Bearers of hope, your beacons of hopes. And I just wanted to say, church, do you see it? See it. Do you see it? It's happening. I see it. And I'm excited for what God's going to do. It's this river of life. It's new wine. New wine. And he's going to do it. He can't do it in the old way but it's a new wine of love. And I just want to say, I'm singing over you, church. I'm singing over you, the abundance. And it excites me. And I can't say it in words, but God is in our midst and he's pouring a new wine, a new love wine on his church, on the bride. And, oh, wow, you know, it's exciting what God is doing in our midst. And uh, let's that unseen world that we don't see, but it's very real. And uh, keep going, church, and you're loved, and I love you in his love. Bless you. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> I love your energy and your passion. I love that thought of all of the voices of heaven, of those who have gone before, um, just, just inclining themselves more closely toward us to say, keep going. Um, you've got this. And it's what Gail said about the, um, the little person going up, Goliath. What did you say to them? Um, stand up tall, put a smile on your face and trust that Jesus is with you. Off you go. <laughs> uh, that's what heaven would, uh, you know, maybe the Lord is saying to us this morning um, as we go from here is stand up straight, take the hood off, put a smile on your face, have fun and trust that Jesus is with you. Um, that may be the resounding call of all of those who have gone before in the unseen places that Holy Spirit has um, a whole concert of people saying, keep going, church, keep going, keep going. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Maybe time for one, one more person if you're Jess. Yes, wonderful. Um, I just want to acknowledge for a second how... Um Oh, I'm really overwhelmed by the bravery and the vulnerability in this room. Um, it's really moving. And I want to thank you for sharing your stories. Um, for I think one of the most powerful things about this is that people are, you know, facing reality and embracing... Uh, hurt and pain and suffering, and that's really hard because you can't escape that uh, but there's also this beautiful 
uh, sense of hope um, and courage. Um, and I have this quote that I want to read to you that I think maybe sums up a few things that have been spoken today and hopefully will bring some hope. Um, it certainly has to me. Um, it's by one of my favourite authors, N.T. Wright, um, of course. Um, and it says this. Jesus does not constitute a religion like other so-called religions to be catalogued by secular modernity, pinned to the wall like so many dead butterflies. But a polis, a new kind of city, a new kind of community, a spirit-driven, suffering love people who follow their master to the places where the world is in sharpest pain. In order that by the spirit they may embody the love of God and the pain of God right there and so bring the healing of God and the hope of God into the world that so badly needs it. Unless we read the Gospels like this, we are falsifying them, as we do when we chop them into tiny snippets and turn them into moral lessons. Or even, heaven help us, into abstract theological lessons. They are the living story of how the Lord of life drew the powers of evil onto himself and by dying under their weight, disarmed and disabled them so that from now on they are a defeated rabble. Even though in our dualistic modern spiritualities, we still imagine them to have power over us. The Gospels are the launching narrative of our own story the first act in the new divine drama in which we are called to play our parts. Yeah. I feel like I need a steak knife and a fork and sit down with that quote for a good few hours, chop and chew it and chew it some more. Yeah, I love that, that we, yeah, the, both we feel the pain and... Um, the life of God so we can share in the hope and the something else of God was in there. But just that, as you said, what we've experienced um, this morning, and thanks for recognising that, Jess, as well, that um, yeah, the, thank you for the, for the vulnerability and the openness with which you've shared because it takes us to that recognition of, um, of pain, um, of, of difficult things um, that everyone has walked through, but yet at the same time, because of the indwelling, bubbling up, uh, welling up of God's love uh, within this community and within um, your lives. Um, there is an incredible experience that you are having and other people are having of the hope and the life in God's kingdom. And I think that's a really suiting place for us to finish up um, this morning other than singing a song, which I'll get the band to come up, um, is that, to, that that is the end to which um, the Lord lived his life and to which the end, that if he died his death, and the end to which he rose again from the grave um, was to call us to a life of hope and to a life of love that we may give it away as he did. Um, and that is where we're going over the next um, season as a church, um, equipping, more readily equipped 
to live a life of love, a movement of love. That's what, that's what the church um, is always meant to be, a movement of hope, a movement of love, a movement of power, a movement of prayer, a movement of the life of Jesus flowing readily through it, that it would bring renewal and regeneration to all of the systems of life. Um, and so I'm excited for that, that um, as we do that, there's going to be a renewal and regeneration um, of the places in which you work, the places in which you play, um, renewal and regeneration, even within our experience of worshipping together, um, regeneration and renewal, firstly and foremost, within the inner place of your own heart, um, that as we continue to meet together and be transformed um, by the renewing of our mind, as Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us and renews us, um, that the welling up of God's love is going to um, change things within you. Um, that He's going to bring about new things that you didn't know you were there. He's going to exercise um, new muscles that you never knew you had. Um, and they hurt a little bit if you've ever done that. If you've ever exercised a muscle you never knew you had, it hurts a little bit. Um, but you end up stronger because of it. And maybe that's where the Lord is taking us. He's going to exercise us in ways of loving other people and loving our world in new ways that might end up making us hurt a little bit, but we're going to be stronger because of it. And so I've got um, uh, excitement within my soul for where God is taking us over the next little while because I know that He's going to use you. And if I could, um, in all of this, I would say that it's true, um, as has been the testimony this morning, that God never chooses to work independently of His people that He uses you and I, funnily enough. People with mullets, and um, I'm not going to make any commentary on anyone else in the room because I'll get myself into trouble. Um, but that's, that's the grace and the mercy of God, um, that people like you and I, broken vessels, but maybe that's the point because we leak Him when we're broken. We leak His love through the cracks in our lives. We, you know, It's the love that comes out through our, the, the, the parts that aren't all together yet. God uses those things to minister out of us to the world around us. Um, and so let's sing together um, in faith and in hope. Let's stand and um, give thanks to God for what He's um, saying and what He's doing. And um, if you would like any prayer this morning before you go, please um, find someone, maybe someone you came with or come and see myself or someone who's familiar and has a friendly face, um, someone you would like to pray with you, please reach out um, and receive some ministry this morning. Um, otherwise, we're going to sing this song. Uh, please feel free. Hang around. Grab a coffee afterwards and um, grab your kids. Don't forget them. Uh, otherwise, we'll, we'll lock them in and you won't get them back. Maybe for some of you, that's a good thing. <laughs> Joking. Father, we thank you that um, you are so loving and you are so kind. And the evidence of that has been found um, as we have shared story this morning. Father, we thank you that indeed the manifold wisdom of God is through the church. Father, your voice has taken many forms this morning. Father, you have spoken uh, in different ways and you have given different words, but yet they all carry a theme of love, carry a theme of renewal, carry a theme of the waters of heaven flowing across our lives, flowing across our world. And Father, we ask for more of that in Jesus' name. Father, the richness with which you've blessed us in the past and now. We ask for more of it as we go from this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. 
Have a good one.